The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, instead of doing the obvious thing and talking about what is widely regarded as the absolute nadir of the genre, and no, that's not a deer that thinks it's a horse, we're going to big up the other, oddly similar Barry Allen animated adventure, Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox. I'm Riggs. I'm Andy. And this is the Filmatics Podcast. I love that energy. I love that energy. Yes. I'm going to leave that in. (laughs) Hey folks, and welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. I'm here with Addy. How you doing, my main man? I am doing good. Doing good. It's been a little while between sits. Um, no, we don't come out on a weekly schedule, and I'm sorry for that, but, you know, that's 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 part of our... We're negging you. We're negging our entire audience. <laughs> <laughs> we're gaslighting our audience. Um, what's been going on, man? It's been a minute. Um, it's all, all of it has been okay. Um, yeah. I don't... I have a lot to talk about when we when we go into what we're watching because I mm-hmm. I watched something that I never thought I'd watch. Okay, was it a grown man satisfy a camel? <laughs> Your phone went off. <laughs> oh my god! That that there's no way we could have timed that better. <laughs> It was like I was on a game show and I got the answer right. <laughs> and, and and what did Addy watch this week? Um, was it a grown man satisfying a camel? Ding! That's correct. It was. That guy was sucking that camel like a hoover. Anyway, that was amazing. I'm going to have to leave all that in as well. You were... <laughs> This is ridiculous. We're like, what are we? What are we here? It's like two, it's three minutes into the record, and I'm already hysterically laughing. Okay, here we go. Do, what? So you've got a lot to talk about in what are we watching? Because you've watched something that you've never thought you watched before, which wasn't someone, you know, committing a crime against a camel. Mm-hmm. Now it's just in my mm-hmm. head. <laughs> I do that to people. Well, anyway. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear it. But you're well. You're well. I'm doing well. How are you? you I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I've been busy. That's sorry. That's why we've we haven't been recording. I've been in heavy production mode again, and it does make it difficult to find the time. Um, so I'm very grateful uh, for you all being patient there. Um, but uh, we're back, and and today we're going to not talk about the Flash. Um, it's amazing. Uh, we're probably the only podcast on planet Earth that isn't going to talk about this film. Uh, and we will, it's kind of a, a mislead. We are going to talk about it very, very briefly um, before we go into talking about what we both think is a really great Flash picture, which is the Justice League animated film, The Flashpoint Paradox, which we spoke about briefly in our animated, um, the DC animated film episode. Um, it is a really high watermark. I rewatched it again uh, this morning, Saturday morning cartoons, nothing wrong with that. And, uh, and it really does hold up. Um, it's a great story. And we'll talk about the, the sort of the genesis of that idea in, in comic book form as well. But we will discuss, um, you know, uh, Andy Buschetti's uh, The Flash really briefly before we go into our sort of joy and hopefulness. Like we're not a, 
we're not a negative podcast. That's not what we do. Um, if you want to hear some of my more negative, aggressive thoughts about The Flash, um, I, I did go on a little bit of a rant when I appeared on um, Podcast Assemble podcast with my mate Tommy, uh, and I did have a f- few swears about The Flash because I was I was legitimately, stupidly frustrated by that film and angry at it because it, it's kind of... We'll get into it, but it's it's just kind of the the um, antithesis of everything I feel filmmaking should be, as a as a as a filmmaker myself and as a, as a um, an audience member. But yeah, if you'd like to hear a more s- sort of sweary rant, it'll be in there. So go and check out the podcast assemble for that episode. It was actually the um, Indiana Jones uh, and the Dial of Destiny episode. So check that out. Thanks for having me on again, Tommy. Um, do you want to do what are we watching? Well, I do want to do it, but before that, I want to wish everyone a happy belated Pride Month. And I've decided that mm. because we have a platform, I've decided that all of our all of our lovely people who are not accepted as much as normal people are, we are gonna go on a full fucking year of Pride. Okay, every fucking year. Right on. Yep, let's do it. Make it Pride year, twenty twenty three to twenty twenty four financial year. Um, because the financial years just ticked over here in Australia. So why the fuck not? Let's do it. Um, so yeah, FY 23 to 24 pride year, maybe, you know, we were talking about that. This is probably going to be, um, you know, this, and, and we're going to do an episode on, on cross spider verse as well, but that's probably going to be the, our last of the sort of nerd genre stuff for a while. And we're going to go back and, and look at some older cinema and, um, you know, be, be more, inclusive of all different types of movies so why shouldn't we be more inclusive of all different types of people um and maybe we should have a look at doing you know some movies in the lgbtq uh i plus i'm not sure of the exact acronym sorry um uh, uh, more in that in that vein that you know stuff that's out there um specifically targeted that community so come on come on with it come on with it so before we that they, they, he yeah i shouldn't have said come on with it that's delete <laughs> i'm not gonna delete i'm gonna leave it in it's all it's transparency like i said um well if you've got any ideas actually if you if you're out there in the comments and there's something that you would like to um have us watch for our official pride year um or, or something that's you know even pride adjacent uh movie tv whatever just just hit us up and, and let us know um but yeah do, do you want to do what we're watching let's do what are we watching are you ready what are we watching You seem like you've got you're chomping at the proverbial bit, much like the the horse deer combination that I came up with in the intro. You're chomping at the proverbial horse deer bit uh, to tell me what you'd be watching. So please do. I'll tell you. It's it's not animal. A lot of energy today. I'm sorry. It's it's not animal porn. So sorry. I watched uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings, in theater. You did, yeah. How was it? It was life changing. It's weird that I've. It's a film that I watched so many times, and yet it was life changing. I totally get that. Seeing it in a cinema was a different experience, man. Absolutely. I I took my brother with me, who's not into fantasy as much, and I was like, "Just come along with me if you want. We can like do the whole trilogy together." And we we came out, and he said, "I I want to watch the whole trilogy now," in theaters. So it's. It's something that I would have never gotten at his age. And I I never thought, like, two hours before I got the ticket, I never thought that I'd ever be able to watch that in theaters. Mm. And I, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I love those movies. And with everything with 
going on with the Flash and just the the whole multiverse of it all. Just it, it felt really good to go back and just go into just go into nerd culture in that way. Yeah, yeah, I get that, man, and and I think that's. That's the one thing I'm I'm grateful for about the about the Flash, and like I said, we'll get into it in a little bit. But it has it's made me reassess what I'm interested in because I just you know it's so easy to check out of this stuff because it just keeps coming at you. But then to go back and look at something that had an impact the way that the Lord of the Rings trilogy did, um, you know, or for myself going back to the films that I, I I studied when I was at film school, you know, stuff from the the 60s and the 70s, like my the stuff that I love, you know, it's it's the reappraisal. Of that. And then when you do get a chance to see it in the cinema, like I saw um, Jaws at IMAX this year. Actually, it was the end of last year. Never, never conceived of a world where I would see Jaws at the cinema, let alone IMAX. And I've now seen it at the cinema like four times, once at IMAX. And on IMAX, that shark is huge. It is huge. I mean, it's a big shark anyway, but fuck me. It looks like an enormous, enormous blue turd. Um... No, it is. It, it's beautiful. I'm glad you glad you got an opportunity to see that. I haven't done the LOTR trilogy myself at the cinema. It must be something that uh, I get on top of. Was there anything else that you've seen, cinema or otherwise? Uh, yes. Oh, I watched a couple of movies, but um, the one that I want to give a big shout out to is I did a double feature starting in, it was like the start of last month. I did a double feature for, uh, are, are you there? Are you... Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, beautiful fucking film. It is. It, it's amazing. The, the, like the themes and the whole coming of age story in that it is so heart wrenching. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't heard a bad word about it. And after that, I watched Asteroid City, and I watched it three times since. Yeah, you loved it. That's that's great, man. It's not out here yet. It comes out. Uh, I think. End of this month or early next month, but I saw the the proper full length trailer for it um, when I was at the cinema just yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, and fuck, it looks good. It just looks like I mean nobody nobody's doing what he's doing, nobody. My my dream is that Wes Anderson does uh, an X Men film. I mean, I can totally get down on that, especially if they set it in the sixties. True. Um, and and have it about the the bringing together of that original core group of colossus uh sorry colossus my ass um colossus my anus colossanus colossanus anyway fucking hell what am i talking about uh cyclops Jean gray um Iceman before he had a face like the original Iceman just looked like a snowman it was hysterical um the big beast before he was blue uh who else was in that original crew was that it i'm thinking of, i'm missing someone and professor xavier obviously yeah um emma frost was in there or no? No, no, not the not the original original. Uh, Angel. Angel. Um, yeah. yeah, that was the other one. So like, and the sixties costumes, like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I did see a horribly rendered AI version of a Spider Man trailer with yeah. You didn't watch it? Nope. I, no. It's it's fucking insane that AI has got like like it was last month that all those Wes Anderson style pictures were going around like being viral and shit and i hated that because you can't quantify wes anderson style like it's it's something you feel it's not something that you visually see yeah it's not an aesthetic it's a it's a a, a, a feeling it's an emotional state yeah i totally get that and i, I i'm not going to go into the ai debate because i've been called a dinosaur enough on the internet 
it all looks like shit. It all looks fake. And I don't, I, I, I have no, I saw a thing online the other day and someone was calling themselves an AI artist. That's, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> that's like being a tall jockey. It doesn't exist. Um, so, you know, for people out there who, who use it to, to, you know, make their work better or, you know, a person I know, his argument was that if it helps me do my job faster, I can take on more jobs. Um, you know, that, that I kind of understand, but you know, this default setting thing is going to, it's going to ruin us, but I'll use my own intelligence. Cheers. Um, what else is that? Was that all you've been watching? What was the other thing you said you did a double bill? Uh, yeah. So that was, um, yeah, that was Goddess Me Market and, um, Asteroid City. And yesterday I watched Asteroid City with, uh, Across the Spider-Verse because it's going out of theaters from here. Or it went yeah. out like yesterday. It's funny that your it seems like the cinemas where you are do the thing that they used to do in the like nineteen sixties and nineteen fifties and stuff where it was like a road show, like a film would tour a certain area and then move on because they were prints. You know, they weren't not prints the artist, obviously. I mean maybe Prince did come and tour where you live, I don't know. Um, certainly not recently. <laughs> it was a weird <laughs> dig at Prince for no reason for being passed on. Um anyway, I'm literally all over the place. What was I saying? <laughs> Uh, it was gonna be like in between episodes, Rig took up Rigs took up mushrooms, and he's completely off the chain. Um, yeah, no, they would have like the film print, like the original celluloid print, would tour a town, and it would, it would be there for a few weeks, and then it would move on. Steven Spielberg talks about it. He he had to kind of like chase Lawrence of Arabia around his area to go and find it at these different places a bunch of different times. So, yeah, that's um, that's a good double bill too. How colourful! Yeah, oh, extremely colourful. Hmm. And uh, I I rewatched Sex Education, uh, which is an ama- amazing British show. Uh, it's it's amazing, and people call it woke because it has it certainly did a lot of uh, it certainly had a lot of people people of color and uh, a lot of uh, people in the LGBTQI plus community represented in a way that wasn't represented before. Like these are high school students. And, you know, the message is that your, your sexual identity matters and what you feel as that as a person also matters. And yeah, but that's a totally different. It's a beautiful show. Uh, I do recommend people watch it. And it's coming over this last season in September. Yeah, I saw the ad. Uh, I saw the, the post saying that it was going to be going to be ending. And I think it's LGBTQIA. I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, if I'm wrong, please correct me in the comments because I would like to be informed. Um, yeah, awesome. I, I, again, that's another show I haven't heard a bad word about. I've, I've got friends who watch it and my sister-in-law's watch it and, and they're just, yeah, they love it. Fantastic. Um, well, I've only got two things really quickly I want to talk about. One, I went and saw the um, National Theatre Live encore screening of the original stage production of Fleabag with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Outstanding. What a powerhouse performance. What an incredibly articulate and intelligent um, person she is. Um, uh, uh, what an amazing writer and performer. Um, I was blown away. I haven't seen a, a stage performance that strong, um, a, a, like a, a, a solo stage performance since Rowan Atkinson Live in the, in the early 90s. And his was all comedy. There was no real drama to it at all, but it was often him on a stage, um, you know, in just a costume with maybe a prop or two, and that was it. 
uh yeah if you get an opportunity have a look at some of that on youtube but yeah the the uh, uh flea bag in that original form is really interesting and then watching the tv show and seeing how it translates and the other thing i'll talk about really quickly and if you want to hear my longer sort of talk on this as well you can go to the podcast assemble um uh, episode where i talked about uh, dial of destiny but indiana jones 5 um i know it's 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 doing really badly and people don't like it and there's all the cg at the start making him younger and and then cging him onto a horse and there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of clumsy editing there's a lot of clumsy cg trying to get you to forget the fact that harrison ford is only in about 60 percent of his scenes because the dude is 488 years old like he is he is 910 like he's older than some hobbits and some elvish people and all that stuff like he he i don't know if you know he was aragorn's primary school teacher so um because in the extended version don't they talk about aragorn being he was gifted youth by the elves so he's much older than he actually is uh he's a descendant from the Numen the numenorian people so the numenorian people were gifted numenor as a kingdom by mm-hmm. the elves and right and that keeps him young somehow yeah or is so- it because he spent so much time in 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 Elfland, I nearly said then. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. In Elverton. <laughs> Elvington. What the fuck is it? Disseldor. Ufledor. What is it? Help. 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 <laughs> Let's just sit there. It's Rivendell. Rivendell. You're Duffendor. What the fuck is that? That sounds like a, a nightclub where you go and listen to really hard drum and bass music. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's younger. How did we get to this? I was talking about Harrison Ford being old. Um, anyway, the the yes, there is a lot wrong with that movie on a, on a on a movie level. But fuck, man, it's indie. I love it. I love it. I, I've seen it three times at the cinema. Um, it's just it's he's back, and Indiana Jones is my favorite film character, my favorite film hero. Um, he's so uh, vulnerable and and haphazardly a hero and 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 harrison ford plays him so beautifully and there is so much drama in those movies it's a real story um with real characters i can forgive all the cg in a film like that because i know at its heart it's trying to do something whereas the film we're about to talk about didn't feel like it was doing anything um but uh, the thing that really got me about indy i'm not only is phoebe Waller bridge great as well um you know getting a lot of her in my month but the there is a particular scene if you haven't seen dial of destiny um don't don't listen to this neck like skip forward a few minutes because i'm going to ruin it something um but i need to talk about I it i haven't seen it you haven't seen it i it, we're not going to matter to you anyway like yeah. because you're not a fan of these films i'm a huge fan of these films like even the bad ones um and, and there's there's only really one other bad one i like temple of doom i know that it's it's culturally super insensitive um uh, but it is a, a really well constructed film um there's a scene on uh, on a boat where they're traveling to go and find you know part of the dial of destiny and they're talking about time travel and and you know the myth of time travel and phoebe waller bridge's character um helena asks her godfather indiana jones what would you do if you could travel back in time go and check in on cleopatra see what she's up to wink wink you know nudge nudge and he says very solemnly uh i would stop my son from enlisting now if you remember indiana jones's son is Shia LaBeouf's character in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is set 10 years before this or something like that, or maybe a little bit more. Um, and uh, he, like, universally hated character. Mutt Williams was not 
you know, Indiana Jones Jr., people fucking loathed him, loathed the character, loathed the movie, loathed that actor. Um, and, and whatever, that's, that's neither here nor there. But he says, I would stop my son from enlisting. And, and she says, did he do it to please you? And he's like, no, I did it to piss me off. And she's like, what would you say? And he's like, I would tell him he's going to die. And I would tell him that in his death, his mother would find no end to her grief, that his father would be helpless to console her and that the loss would end their marriage. And he walks away and she says, but you're still wearing the, still wearing the ring. And he doesn't say anything. What a powerful moment, you know, a dramatic moment. Harrison Ford plays it pitch perfectly. He really hits those emotional moments of thinking about not only the loss of his son, but then the degradation of his entire life because of it, you know, the life that he had in his partner. Um, and he's a much more, like, he's not the cocky adventurer. He's not the James Bond, you know, that he was at the beginning of Temple of Doom, which is canonically the first one, where he's doing back alley deals with the Chinese mafia all suited up and, you know, stealing diamonds, fortune and glory. He has seen his life, like, charting the course of his life and seen it devolve um, and lose people around him because of these wants and desires and, and, you know, his son being that adventurous and thinking that war is an adventure when it probably really isn't. Um, and yeah, and, and all it was was two really great actors with a really, really good piece of script material, um, you know, on, on a naturally, on an actual set, like on a set boat thing with light hitting hard objects. And, and I loved it. And Johnny Williams score just tickling in there to give you a little bit of sorrow. Um, it was, yeah, at, the, at that point, I was like, whatever else this movie is, I forgive it because it touched me on an emotional level. Like, that's that's what you, that's all you require from me, really. I can get over a lot if you if you hit me in, in my emotional core. Um, so, yeah, give it a chance. Don't listen to the reviews. Don't listen to the box office, you know, all that kind of shit. It's all fucking noise, everybody. It's an avalanche of horse shit. You go to the cinema and you sit down and you make up your own mind. And that goes for The Flash, too. Um, you know, and you make sure you see it before you ha- have an opinion on it. You know, I remember when people were ragging on that Ghostbusters movie where they recast all the leads as, well, not recast, but they had all the leads be females and everyone was like, oh, it's fucking horseshit. That's like the worst one. Have you seen it? And the amount of people who said no and then and had an opinion, like, well, you can't, you can't be educated. Indiana Jones says in this movie, like, if you can't prove it, it's not science. So go and get the information and then, and then collate some kind of understanding of what it is. Um, but yeah, Dial of Destiny. I fucking dug it, man. I fucking dug it. I won't give you the, the, the really great part that happens at the end. I'm like, oh, but check it out. Anyway, I'll watch, what are we I'll- doing now? I'll watch all of them and then I'll watch uh, Dial of Destiny. And like, next do it. Week. Do it, man. And and I, I like to do it in canonical order. So you go Temple of Doom first, which is 35. And then Raiders is set in 36. And I'm like, a lot happened to him in that year. Fuck me. He was like tortured by voodoo and like had to, you know, was was brainwashed by the blood of Kali and cults and all this stuff and then and then the next thing he does is go after the nazis like it's wow the poor guy just can't get away from the nazis they're everywhere they're like fucking <sighs> mcdonald's all over the place <laughs> sorry that's not me refer- <laughs> oops i'm gonna get sued by the mcdonald's corporation that wasn't me saying that mcdonald's as a conglomerate are anything like the nazis i'm just saying in indiana jones's life they're around every damn corner and in my life i can't walk out my house without seeing mcdonald's damn big M's 
Anyway, that part, that part might get cut. Um, <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you want to do some nerd news, my buddy? Let's do some nerd news. Okay, so here we are. We've got some nerd news. Um, none of it to do with Nazis or McDonald's. Um, <laughs> now you have to keep it in because there's no yeah, reference. No, I do. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Well, I've made my, made my statement. It doesn't matter. Um, okay, uh, just a couple of quick things. Uh, cinematographer Greg Fraser, uh, who's a Melbourne boy, actually, uh, Academy Award winning DOP from Dune, um, is officially set to return for The Batman Part 2, which is great because I think almost 50% of the reason that movie works is how it's shot. Um, just a, a, a remarkable, remarkable thing. Uh, it, was, it was revealed on Team Deacons, which is Roger Deacons and his wife's uh, podcast. They interviewed director Matt Reeves and he confirmed that Greg Fraser is coming back. Um, Greg Fraser's uh, other credits uh, do include, yeah, The Batman, Dune uh, from 2021 and Rogue One. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for Dune as two as well. We haven't spoken about that. The trailer came out. And um, the entire world collectively orgasmed at the same time. And then they announced it's going to be a uh, trilogy. Dude, it was fucking weird because I watched the trailer and I went on a whole rant on my stories saying that the the amount of things that I know and the amount of things that they've just shown in the trailer, it seems that way that they've given Danny Willow his fucking trilogy. And, and And like it was it was literally 21 hours after that. They announced that it's a trilogy, and I was so happy. It's fantastic. Like what, what, um, what great foresight! You know, it has to be a great product. Someone's seen something and they've gone, "Yep, this is it. This is the one that's going to win him his his Academy Award." Um, Denis Villeneuve, uh, who is one of the most interesting directors working today. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for whatever he gets uh, gets going with that. Um, this one's interesting. This uh, I only found this out this morning, and and the date is the uh, Saturday, the eighth of July. Where I am, anyway. Um, Jennifer Garner. You know Jennifer Garner? She's, um... You don't want to say she's Ben Affleck's ex-wife, because that's not true. She had a fantastic career before him. She was in Alias, a bunch of other ones. You know, uh, it's 13 going on 30. Uh, uh, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. I'm not reading these either. I'm coming up with them off the top of my head. And one of the other things she was, was Electra. In not only um, uh, the, I think it was 2003's Daredevil picture um, directed by Mark Johnson starring Ben Affleck, uh, she also was in a spin-off movie. She is returning after nearly 20 years for Deadpool 3. Yeah. It's multiverse, multiverse. It's, and I hope, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's the whole Deadpool kills the, the Marvel multiverse again. Yeah, well, it's I mean, that that's... Adaptation. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of into it because this this multiverse stuff is just becoming all we're seeing now because I think off the back of No Way Home doing so well everyone's like oh well, that's where the new new is um uh and and it's kind of crippling storytelling it's crippling narrative at the moment um but if Deadpool comes and does it in a funny way in in a way that's poking fun at itself I'm kind of keen on that and I I, I believe this also gives credence to the rumor I heard that Ben Affleck will yeah. be returning. I mean, as the Daredevils, and I kind of dig that movie. The director's cut of it, at least, is 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 pretty great. It's so stuck in its time, like it's so early two thousands. It's it's new metal, 
and lots of whip pans and some shitty CG and and but Ben Affleck's great and and Joey Pants is in it. Colin Farrell literally eating the scenery, um, uh, uh, you know, playing uh, Bullseye and and the wonderful Michael Clark Duncan as as Kingpin. Like you just that's a pretty fucking good cast, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm down for whatever that is, whatever Deadpool is. They've released some pictures too of um, him and um, Hugh Jackman on set. Uh, they finished shooting pretty soon. Uh, this next one's interesting, um, and I only bring it up because I, I I want I've got a theory about this, and let's see if you 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 come in line with my theory. Barbie, Greta Gerwig's Barbie that she wrote with Noah Baumbach, her her partner, uh, starring the the wonderful uh, Margot Robbie and uh, and one of the one of the Ryans, um, the Goz, uh, is projected to earn twice as much as Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer during their uh, opening box office weekend. Now these films open within a day of each other, if I'm not mistaken, or it might even be on it's, the same day. It's the same day. Same day, and there's. And that's fine. Okay, people think Barbie's going to get more. Matt, you're probably right. It's got a broader audience, you know, in terms of time, in terms of people, in terms of, um, uh, 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 you know, cultural stuff, in terms of, uh, you know, sexual identity, just in terms of age as well. Do you want to hear my theory about this? Go on, man. These films, Oppenheimer and Barbie, are both going to make a billion dollars. Fuck yeah. That's, and that's the a reason given. that's going to happen. Yeah. The reason that's going to happen is because, A, they're actually going to be really good and people are going to go and see them more than once. But people are going to go to do the thing that is going to be trending or trendy, whatever you want to say, once they both open, is doing a double bill on the same day. Yeah. And people are going to do that because they want to put it on social media that they did that. And and whatever the fuck, man, if that gets people back to the cinema and puts bums in seats and gets tickets, you know, handed over at IMAX for Christopher Nolan to continue, you know, charting the course of being... There's no CG in Oppenheimer. It's an, a completely practical film shot with IMAX cameras, 70 millimeter, 60 millimeter, Super 35, whatever it is. There's a, there's a rumor that the people who go in to watch that film won't come out. Because it's an actual fucking bomb at the end. <laughs> That's a pretty huge flex to murder your entire audience and yeah. whoever else is around them for hundreds of thousands of miles. Um, yeah, that, that's a bit of a flex. But yeah, that's all I care about is like, yes, people go to go to the, go and see a double bill. Do it twice in one day. I do that all the fucking time. Go and have a great day and, 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 yeah, put it on social media and laugh with your friends. And, you know, I heard a girl talking about it the other day. She was like, oh, we'll go and see that and then we'll see Oppenheimer at night. And they're like, why would we do that? Because it's a more grown-up film. And they were talking about fucking tweens. They would have been 16, 17 max, you know. It was, it's beautiful. Go to the cinema, people. It is church. It is such a, a beautiful place of escape. Um, it can't be denied. So, fuck it. If, if Barbie makes more money, it doesn't matter. It absolutely doesn't matter. It's... Um, it's kind of weird that they're both like competing against each other because they both have their the theme of existential crisis. Like Barbie mm. is a is a much more adult film than than the trailers put on. I I saw the most recent trailer for it before Fleabag the other night, and it's legit. Like it's got it's real drama going on. You know, yeah. she goes to the real world and has to deal with real shit. Um, and I trust Greta, Greta Gerwig. I think she's one of the most talented fem- filmmakers working today. Um, not just female f- filmmakers. She's just a filmmaker um, and, and uh, has done some beautiful work in the past. Uh, uh, Little Women was exceptional. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all my faith. I probably won't go and see it 
you know, the same day as Oppenheimer because they open on a day that I happen to be shooting. So I'm like, ah, fuck me. So I can't do the double. Maybe I'll wait a little bit. We'll see. You can do a double. You can do a double with like whenever because they're both be on the same like kind of on the same track, right? Yeah, yeah. I just sort of more meant going on the opening day. I can't do that. Um, all, all my, all my filmmaking, uh, filmmaking. Uh, my film club buddies, JP is one of those. Uh, they're going to see it at IMAX, um, Oppenheimer. But, uh, but I'm unfortunately, unfortunately busy. Um, but I'll get there. Next, this is the, this is the one. This is the one that we'd be talk about, and as mixed feelings, and we know that we're a little bit late, but we always are because. Fuck it, we do this for fun, not for not for clicks. Um, David Cornsweet, who should change his name. Uh, no, <laughs> maybe it's Corin Sweat. I don't know. Anyway, this beautifully handsome dude who I last saw in a really fantastic TV series called um, uh, We Own the Night uh, with John Bernthal about um, corruption in the Baltimore Police Department. Spectacular in that. He was also really good in Hollywood. But anyway, regardless of that, David Cornsweet. Um, and uh, Rachel Brosnan of uh, Miss Maisel fame have been cast as respectively Clark Kent slash Superman and Lois Lane uh, in James Gunn's Superman Legacy, which I believe is set to come out in 2025. How do you feel about this? Yeah, no, dead air on a podcast is fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um Totally cool. I don't. I, I don't feel. I don't feel anything. Don't feel anything. That's totally cool. You know. Um, yeah, uh, I'm excited to see Rachel Rachel Brosnan's uh, uh, Lois Lane because mm. it, it feels like she has the wipe down, and yeah, just it it starts where Man of Steel left off. That's that's all I'm gonna say. With, sure. Sure. With Clark getting a job at the daily planet and figuring out a way you know, figuring out his way in, in, in a world that doesn't necessarily need Superman mm. or doesn't need mm. what Superman stands for. I guess. Do you reckon they're going to do sort of like a year two kind of situation the way that they did with the Batman so that he's already in the suit and he's already saving cats out of trees and fighting Brainiac and all that stuff? It's either, it's either year two or year three because mm-hmm. we do know that the authority shows up here yeah, and that's the next film out of the, the new DCU game. Oh, really? That's interesting. And yeah. I had a really fucking weird fan cast with Henry Cavill as Apollo and Ben Affleck as... <laughs> That's a fucking great idea, honestly. Like height-wise, it kind of works. Um, uh, and and also, uh, I, I think people would be like, "Holy shit!" But it, then you get into the multiverse idea of it, and people are like, "Oh, are they playing actually Batman?" And it, it's just too much. So I think you know, maybe maybe cast all the authority as completely unknowns, except for um, uh, uh, um, the engineer that needs to be um, the engineer. No, uh, Jenny Sparks, who runs the authority, or the authority that I know about, it needs to be. Um, Kate Blanchett, but whatever. There's a there's a really amazing 30 minute video fan casting the first like the first four of authority that has Apollo Knight. Um I I don't know the other one's name. <laughs> it's Apollo J- Jenny Sparks and Apollo. Apollo Spartan. and Midnighter. Midnighter. Yeah. Um yeah. It's it's on uh, Nando V movies. He he's done a really great job of like fan casting before. And he had a lot of theories about like 
the secret invasion stuff that's going on like now. Mm. So yeah, go check him out. Right on. Check out check out Nando's. He makes he makes some damn good chicken. Um <laughs> it's a chicken joint in, in Australia and, and the UK, I believe. Uh no, what was it called? Nando uh, Nando V movies. Nando V movies. Go and check him out for his uh fan casting of the authority, which we could talk about all day. But I want to talk about one more thing really quickly, and it will lead us into our conversation for the bulk of the episode. The Flash from 2023, Andy Buschetti's The Flash, starring Ezra Miller and a bunch of other folks, uh, is currently expected to lose Warner Brothers over $200 million, which is makes it the biggest box office flop. Uh, and I hate using that term, but that's what it says in the article I'm reading. Um, uh, for a, a, a comic book movie of all time. Um, it saw a 72% drop in its second week at the box office, which is absolutely catastrophic if you're talking about numbers. Um, even even Ant-Man and the Wasp was... Uh, sorry, Ant-Man Quantumania was only 63 or something like that. So it's a pretty big thing. Um, and I, I can't help but feel like there's a lot... That has a lot to do with um, the... Like, I thought people would go ironically... You know, be like, let's go see this fucking Flash movie. It's going to suck. And there probably is a few people who have done that. Um, but I, I went in, you know, well, let's get into it. Yeah. I went in, I went went to the um, went to the premiere. I got invited by my friend Cable from the Sequel Suck podcast. Thanks very much, Cable. Appreciate you. And uh, I went with uh, Alex, my camera assistant, and we had a good old time, you know, at the cinemas, hanging out and having a good time and having some free popcorn and, and watching a movie that no one else has seen yet. I don't like the movie. I feel like if you do, that's beautiful. Not you personally, Eddie. I mean, people out there. If you like The Flash, if you went and saw it, you think it's the best movie ever made. I'm so happy for you. That's that's the best thing. And don't let anybody talk you out of it either. But it is so modern in its thinking. It is removed from time. Um, I don't understand its aesthetic decisions. I don't understand its story decisions. I don't understand the 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 insistence on on like using this character in the in the form that he's being used in, and I think Steve Sadak from the We Hate Movies podcast said it best. It's not enough anymore to find a really great actor and to you know bring him into your studio system and build up as a character the way that they did with Henry Cavill as Superman. They were like nobody knew who Henry Cavill was really. All of a sudden he's Superman. It's not, it's not enough to do that anymore, to find people to fill the shoes of these characters. It is now, who can we reach into the past and pull forward? Um, and so much so that they're doing it to people that didn't, didn't even exist anymore. Um, and I find that cynical and, and uh, uh, intentionally pro- provocative. Uh, and not provocative in a, in, a, in a sexy way. Provocative and the, in the way it's all it is doing is trying to um, create uh, clickbait or create spoilers or create buzz. It's not, they're not there for story decisions. And that's the only thing I care about is story. Like that is critical. That's why I can forgive Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny for looking the way it does in places because the story got me. I was involved with these characters and these people. The Flash looks really bad. It's poorly directed. It's It has some really unusual um, uh, choices made um, uh, around like the tone of the picture is all over the place. It's very clumsy. Um, it does my man, uh, 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 Michael Keaton dirty. Like there's no need for that Batman to be in. It could have just been Ben Affleck the whole time. Um, it's, 
and the and the two is Ezra Miller's, you know, the two flashes, the two Barrys, was so poor in places it was befuddling because, the, and it's ironic that Michael Keaton is in your film because he was in a movie in the nineties called Multiplicity where there was six of the homie, and it was seamless. They used doubles and split screen photography and you know like that kind of thing. This looks like it's some sort of deep fake AI generated nonsense and I can't get behind it. It's such an important story about, you know, accepting the past and while still wanting to change the future and love and death and rebirth over time and all that stuff. And it's all centered around a can of beans. Like, yeah, it was so... We've reached critical mass, peeps. It is... This is this needs to be the end of what we're doing and we need a hard reset which is either this James Gunn thing or we need some time off this stuff because it is it is becoming it's becoming candy you know remember the feeling that you had at the end of Endgame when Tony sacrifices himself or at the end of Infinity War when when Thanos wins um you know or at the end of the Batman where um sorry um Chris Nolan's Batman where um the bomb goes off and 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 yet Batman survives or when Heath Ledger walks on screen like these moments that capture you these these emotional moments that draw you in it's not enough anymore they don't need that what they needed is it to be outdone quickly and and in uh, inexpensively and spread for the mass audience like it's trying to do too many things uh all at once um and and yeah i just w- w- the only thing that i will say about it positive is um that i i am now I am now able to completely divorce myself from this stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, my, t- my time in this is over. And I've gone back. I went back to the Nolan trilogy of Batman p- pictures um, just by coincidence that I saw them at the cinema just after I'd seen The Flash. Uh, I've gone back to the 70s and rewatched Serpico, um, you know, The French Connection, you know, movies that, that jazz me about filmmaking. It's made, it's made me very, very clear that I don't want to be, I don't want to use AI technology to, to continue in my work, however easy it makes it. Um, you know, I'm about I'm about the journey, not the destination. All the lessons that I could learn will be lost if I if I go that route. I don't even really want to use computer generated effects. Um, I want to do things as practically as possible, and and that's been really liberating for me to be able to put that stuff down and go, okay, I know I know what my what are, what's in my toolbox and if someone comes to me and wants something done that doesn't require any of these tools or at least requires tools that I don't have or don't think I want to use because I don't agree with them either ethically or artistically I'm okay with saying no now um so yeah I I'll say that much about the flash thank you the flash for for making me realize that I can just I can like what I like and do what I do and it doesn't matter I don't I don't need to to be um I don't need to be hitting every ball that comes my way, so to speak. Um, and and also the fracturing of the multiverse and, and and showing spoilers for the flash by the way and showing Christopher Reeve. Fuck you, like fuck you. What I know that the Christopher Reeve's family or the Reeve's estate would have had to sign off on that, but I think that is, <laughs> I think that's deplorable to have that beautiful, wonderful human being on planet earth when he was here just a a, a remarkable generous intelligent person even up until through he all of his trials and tribulations he was still a beacon of light and of hope to put him in your fucking movie it's not a nod it's not tipping the hat to it to a good person saying hey you did great no it is it is intentionally manipulating your audience using a dead person um yeah and don't get me wrong like my heart flooded a little bit two dead people who was the other dead person uh the superman from the 
the TV show. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, George Reeves. Um, and and you know, don't get me wrong. When when he flew up to camera and it was da, 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 and the and him and it didn't look like him. It looked like an AI version of him, absolutely. And Helen Slater flew up next to him as Supergirl, my first crush. You know, I I was like, oh, that's amazing. And then I was like, oh my god, I feel dirty. I feel fucking gross for liking that moment. And Nicolas Cage fighting a big spider, you can get fucked. The only people who understand that story are people who are in the nerd community. So again, like, I, I, I just, yeah, baffling. So let's let's just take it all in for a second and have a look at what we've done and, and, and learn from those. Let's take lessons and, and move on. Thank you very much for letting me get that out and rant a little bit. I know we said we weren't going to do that, but I kind of needed to get it out, um, particularly with you, Addy. T- tell me your feelings on the film, because I'm really interested. I know that you you probably liked it a little bit more than me, but mostly because of Sasha Kali, right? I If you go to my letter box, where it, uh, I've given it a one star, and that one star represents... You know, the, the one star is just for Sasha Kali, because as a character who is so powerful as Supergirl, and as an actor who only had almost 10 lines in that film, she was the best part of that film. Like, literally the best part. She's very overshadowed by everything that's going on as well. And I'm sorry, Michael Shannon, he is not even in the room with any of these he's, people. He's like, not he there. couldn't care less. Yeah, he could not care less. That was a contractual obligation if I've ever fucking heard one. Um and, and the fight in the, it was just all in the desert. That's just to make the CG easier. And I know that the CG isn't easy. I know that a lot of people worked really fucking hard on this movie to make it as best as it possibly would be. And not all of them were worried about the paycheck, um, you know, at the end of the day or worried about what it was going to do box office wise. So, yeah, I, I don't mean any disrespect to the people who tried to make this as best as they can, including the director, including the writer. Like, I know that. I just feel like the top level thinking of this is is starting to become manufactured the fact that we had so many people so many big people and even james gunn say this is the best superhero film ever made the same year that he made one of the best marvel movies to ever exist how much of a company line is that though like he he's he i know he was like and i thought this before i took over maybe don't say anything it sounds suspect as no but he 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 said he he said it on the michael rosenbaum podcast like a week before the film was going to come out like, I just, there, there's so, there's so, like, this is what was so bad with Walter Hamada. Mm. And this film also continues their, their whole, uh, the whole image of, oh, look, there's Superman just not looking at us. How, how do you mean? Sorry. There, there was a scene where Superman gonna help uh, the Flash in the, in the beginning because he was in, he was in some place working on uh, on like a, a a tsunami or a tornado and helping mm-hmm. people and there was there was a shot of him on on a news channel where he was lasering something and it was just him oh, i don't even remember that so like that's the, it says you how much of an impact it made it, it was cool to see affleck in it for a minute not so much even as batman i think he was quite a good bruce wayne like i i, I always gear that way like if you're a good bruce wayne you're probably going to be a pretty decent batman as well and i kind of like the blue costume but it was all nothing was there like it was so artificial um and i don't mean like artificial intelligence artificial i just mean it was all so created in cg and i know you need cgs to make these films like they're too big to do it otherwise 
But I think there's some choices that you could probably make there that might be maybe not as cost effective, but certainly as time effective and, and um, you know, at least have some some gravity, some weight. This, uh, I don't know, I, I kind of want to talk about it, but I also don't because this film, this film was released on the same date that Man of Steel was released only 10 years before. Is that right? Okay, holy shit. And it's a, it's it's a colossal fucking dis- disrespect to whatever whatever it was that Man of Steel started. It is. There there were two things that I wanted from this film was, because I fuck it, like people were like oh shit Michael Keaton's gonna be Thomas Wayne that was not the case because he was signed on as Bruce Wayne he was gonna be Bruce Wayne, I I knew that I wasn't gonna like that part. Because I know how much I I fucking love the Thomas Wayne storyline of the Flashpoint that we'll get into. Mm. All I wanted this film to do was to at least give a goodbye, like a good goodbye to DCU, DCEU. Um, and to have Sasha Kelly as Supergirl take the flight with the flight music of, of Man of Steel. Mm. Be, and let her be the, be, be the hope that, that leads us to into into the GCU. Mm-hmm. I got some of that. I really hope, I really fucking hope that she gets su- that she gets the Supergirl. If she gets to be Supergirl in the DCU, I hope that... It seems like that's that's what's going to happen. She said that publicly, has she not? Uh, no, she hasn't. No? Okay. Because the, thought, like, no, no, ca- no casting has been announced for that. That's pretty far down the line too, I think. So yeah. We've, still got, we've got Supermans and, uh, and Swamp Things to come out and all sorts of stuff before that happens. So... Um, it it is, and like you said, if you like the film, that's that's good. I I fuck it. I fucking envy you if you like that film because yeah, I wish I could have liked it. Yeah, like I went with my brother to watch it, and uh, he 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 loved it. And when when they show when they show Nicolas Cage, I was like, okay. We fucking knew that that was gonna happen because we talked mm. about it. It's then, not Nicolas Cage though. Like, it's it's not. It is all like with. none of those people are there. No, no, they're not even there. Even in you know, maybe they had body doubles or whatever thing, but Nicolas Cage did not do any time on that movie. They paid him for his likeness. I don't even think they fucking paid him. Like like the picture that I showed one the the other day when we were recording, it's the same picture just floating. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And there is a there's a universe where that movie happened, and that's, and I don't mean a universe inside that movie, The Flash. I mean a movie inside our like old yeah. universe of our universe where it did happen and it was very successful. Um, but I don't. There is no story reason above and beyond. There is a multiverse to do that. That doesn't give you anything. Like that doesn't like all these people, all these superheroes in different universes looking at the multiverse cracking doesn't do anything extra for you emotionally for Barry's story. It just doesn't. It w- there would have been some sort of sense if there were different berries shown in the Speed yeah. Force crackling one. Like, yeah. that, that would have been... An- okay, like, you don't have Superman in your film. It's replaced by Supergirl. That whole storyline is... It's, it is what it is. It's there. Uh, Michael Chan is not there. The, the third act lasts fucking 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Which and, is strange, considering it's almost two and a half hours. What is it? Two and a half hours long? Two hours and forty minutes or something? It's a long yeah, movie. It's 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 a long movie, and, and you can certainly feel it. Yeah. Um, I was really excited to see the gray suit, uh, the green blue suit. It was it was it looked really bad. 
it looked very very um toyish mm. like it was like it was like an action figure with Ben Affleck's face fucking plastered in and yeah it, it was it was like we said when we saw the trailer it looks like plasticine it does not look like a cowl that somebody is wearing like even when he was standing there talking to one woman i did like the little sexual tension that went on in between him and one woman did you enjoy that i was like Ooh. yeah but, but they, that, if... yeah sorry go ahead yeah that, that was the thing that they carried on from zack snyder's justice league mm, like if they, they either have fucked or will fuck. yeah you know what i mean and let them let them fuck she would snap him in half. She's a Amazon, my God. I mean, I know he's Batman, but shit. Um, in the wise words <laughs> of Optimus Prime, let them come. <laughs> let them come. All right. Uh, and the one thing, the last thing I just want to say as well is, you know, you're talking about why is why is it two Ezra Millers? Why isn't it Ezra Miller and, and the young kid who plays the Flash in the TV series or someone else? It doesn't matter. It fucking can be lots of different people and just be a different Barry Allen, you know. <laughs> why the fuck is is spoilers 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 for the flash if you haven't seen this is the this is the tag at the end so you ready if you stop listening because i'm about to spoil it here we go george clooney turning up at the end of that movie when he gets back as bruce wayne it doesn't even make fucking sense because canonically he is the same batman that michael keaton is he was just recast it's not a different universe <laughs> And it also didn't do anything. You know, I know I'm in an alternate universe because Eric Stoltz is in Back to the Future instead of Marty McFly, instead of Marty McFly, instead of Michael J. Fox. All right. I guess that's funny. But, you know, something like that is just, that's just bizarre. And who the fuck is this guy? That's just a joke. It's just a joke. And I know that it wanted to be a comedy really badly, but you can't be a comedy and talk about, you know, the murder of your mother. You can't. You can't be all the way comedy. You, you, you got to play that. You got to play that James Gunn fiddle of being tragic and funny at the same time in a way that he does so beautifully in the Guardians pictures. You, you, the, uh, Andy Buscetti doesn't have the deft hand for that or the screenwriter doesn't. I don't know. And like no, no shade to anyone who worked on this film. Because this mm, film, exactly. this film was being made for fucking ten years. This film was being made by the time it was it was announced when the second season of the Flash came out, and mm. it and it aired and like the last season of the Flash aired like weeks before this one came out, and that's yeah. that's nine years. That's nine seasons, and bizarre. Like the thing is, there are so many possibilities where this film could work if you go on and say that. You know, Warner Brothers was like after every trailer of the Flash, they used to plug the Flashpoint comic. It is this is not an adaptation. If if they if you consider this an adaptation, I fuck you, fuck you. I, yeah, I it's, can't. It's, it's it's an adaptation of the Flashpoint, which isn't called the Flashpoint Paradox. The the comic book is actually just called Flashpoint. Yeah, um, that, sorry. That, that short series by no no so the the short series by Jeff Johns. That's no, a good it's a good segue actually. Uh, yeah, the, the the comic book series by Jeff Johns and um, Andy Kubert. Um, just spectacularly uh, illustrated and written, just really great. Um, it is it is based on this movie is based on that comic book in the same way that uh, BVS is based on The Dark Knight Returns. Um, it pulls elements from the story uh, in a better way. Like I'm saying, BVS does it in a better way, but it does cannibalize ideas from that story, so that you now can't do that now. I mean, maybe in this alternate universe, but they were saying this is that version of that story. So, you know, Dark Knight Returns has been done kind of thing. This is 
you know, there is elements here of the Flashpoint um, uh, uh, in that uh, Barry travels back in time to save his mum and, and in so doing changes the universe, but that's about it. Uh, it doesn't even really... And, and the fact that he has to re-gift himself with powers, um, but there's not two of him in the Flashpoint. Yeah. Um, and like it, it, the, it, whole, the whole... Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 you go. The whole, the, the whole reverse Flash thing where he shows up at the end for like two seconds where yeah. where reverse flash in in the flashpoint is is a fucking character yeah and yeah like the whole thing of like the film establishes that barry allen as the flash has gone on to this point in the past just mm. to see his mother for the last time many times before you don't see that in the flashpoint you see barry think of it or he, you don't really see him think of it but it's just there's an idea and then and then you're there. Because yeah. the thing is, if you can think it, then you can do it. Mm. And yeah, he kind of like, almost does it, it by It's just done so well there. Yeah. And I think the 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 idea at the end of The Flash it, of where he gets obsessed with, like, saving Batman and saving Supergirl Super and Man. saving the whole yeah. day of everything. And he gets obsessed with it so much so that he just keeps changing and cha- changing and changing. That's an interesting idea, but it needed to be built up. Tip from that point like it can't you know it can't be that like the growth story isn't there he's like it's not a coming of age story nothing happens um so i think that's uh, that's kind of the mistake so we said we weren't going to talk about the flash but we fucking did enjoy it or don't uh what we are going to talk about now is the flashpoint paradox for real um we were just you know mentioning the comic there um addy you're you're a, such a massive fan of this story um, of this animated film and of, and of the comic as well. You, for those who uninitiated, give people the lowdown on what the Flashpoint is. Uh, so the Flashpoint is basically an, an event that happens to kick to kickstart the New 52, if I'm not wrong. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so by the end of the by the end of the uh, of the story, the the universe that. That Barry comes back to is is the universe that will then go on to be the the canon universe for well it was until like twenty 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 two like last year no it would no no it didn't go that long it it was probably only twenty fifteen or something like that because it started around twenty ten if I'm not mistaken yeah um so yeah it didn't last too long but it did it reset the entire timeline. And pushed everybody back about 10 years or about 15 years or something. It made everybody younger. The Justice League hadn't met properly yet. Like, there was a lot of stuff that changed, um, uh, you know, really, really quickly because of it. And they were setting that up. But it's, yeah, but as, as a story, it does stand by itself. It does. And it's a, it's a story about loss and grief. And it's a story about trying to do better despite of who you've who you were in the past and it's mm. it's a story about it's a story about caring about people who eventually don't exist yeah yeah that's that's a really good way to put it um barry in his in his naivety about his own powers travels back in time um in the flashpoint paradox cartoon animated movie rather which is quite adult. I shouldn't call it a cartoon. There's, a, there's a fucking full-on scene here where homies get shot in the face. It's not even shot that. Shot in the face. Wonder Woman kills Billy Batson the kid. Yeah, she snaps his neck. It is It is absolutely gangster. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, in, in the animated film, um, Barry travels back in time, kind of sort of unknowingly, and saves his his mum from dying and wakes up in an alternate reality. And that alternate reality, he is not the Flash. He doesn't have powers. He is not with Iris. Um, his mother is alive. Um, but there is a the landscape of the metaverse metaverse uh, meta human folks is very different um you know cyborg uh, who is voiced by michael b jordan in the film um is is sort of a, a corporate puppet he works for he works for obama funnily enough or they didn't say he's obama but it's an african-american uh, uh, uh um president who kind of sounds like obama um superman is is you know the the rocket that brought him to earth landed in metropolis um and he was taken by the government as as would happen to an alien he's in a government facility um green lantern doesn't exist hal jordan is just a test pilot and he fucking dies um, and he and he gets murked yeah um and and i think probably the two biggest differences is one is that um uh, in that alley where the waynes were murdered traditionally uh um it was uh, uh, bruce who was killed and his parents were, were alive um there's a fantastic scene where you see thomas wade thomas wayne beating the murderer to death in the alley while behind him martha wayne literally turns into the joker like she becomes insane um there's some really great side stories about that and uh and he takes up the mantle as batman and he's a very angry not worried about using a pistol that man um and the other big big thing is that uh at some point in time the amazons and the atlanteans uh formed an alliance because of this alliance uh, aquaman and wonder woman had an affair uh Mira found out about this and tried to assassinate uh, Wonder Woman and she killed her. And that started a war between these two uh, superhuman nations and, and humanity is, is the people suffering. There's resistance fighters. Um, you know, there's, there's sections of the planet that people can't go because they're run by, um, uh, you know, London became New Theramascara. Uh, and that, those two warring factions are destroying the planet um, at the same time. So... You you read the comic. Obviously, this does deviate from the comic. What I think it does really well, though, is set up some roles that you don't see in the book. Do you remember who's in the book, kind of exclusively? Because I don't think Grifter's in there. Um, is it is it Adam Man who they use at the end to, to yeah. do the atomic thing? It is in the book as well. I, I think the the entirety of the the last act with the Amazons and the the Atlanteans fighting. I think most of that is just is is in the film and not in the book yep i can yeah. I, you know thanks to you i can actually just fucking pull the book up <laughs> yeah when when addy and i first became friends before we started the podcast um it's really hard to get comics where you are if i'm not mistaken or certain stuff there it is so i just sent him a bunch of really good stuff like um was it flashpoint kingdom come what else was there there's flashpoint kingdom come and uh crisis Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, Cross and Infinite Earth. Yeah, the Marv Wolfman and um, George Perez. You know, if you're going to be a DC fan, that's you got to start at those three books um, more than anything. So, um, yeah, bless you, sir. He's got the comic book in his hands. I'll, I will just say quickly, um, just so we can give some props to. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm so excited to be talking about this. It's so much fun. Um, having such a great time, everybody. Thank you for being involved. Uh, yeah, so directed by Jay Olivia, um, who is was a storyboard artist. 
uh, almost exclusively. He ha- has been a director. I've seen him interviewed about things. Um, he, in his career working for DC, at least in their animated films, he has directed Green Lantern, Emerald Knights, uh, some episodes of Injustice, uh, sorry, uh, Young Justice, uh, The Dark Knight Returns animated films, part one and two, uh, The Flashpoint Paradox, um, what else here? Uh, Justice League War, uh, Batman Assault on Arkham, Batman v Robin, Batman Bad Blood, Justice League Dark, which is still my favourite. Yes. Um, and he also directed some uh, a couple of episodes of Trice, uh, which is a, a um, uh, like an anime type show on Netflix. Um, but as I said, he was uh, 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 more um, uh, more known for being a a storyboard artist. And if you don't know what a storyboard artist is, it's basically a, a, like a graphic artist who draws a movie so that a director knows what they're shooting. Um, he was a storyboard artist on, check this out, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Scoob, The Adams Family, Love, Death and Robots, Titans, Big Hero 6, Justice League Action, Justice League, Thor Ragnarok, The Deuce, um, Spider-Man Homecoming, Mike Tyson Mysteries, which is hysterical, uh, Wonder Woman, um, what Batman Killing Joke, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, The Flash, Deadpool, The Last Witch Hunter, Ant-Man, uh, fucking... Oh, my God. SpongeBob the movie, 300. Fucking Man of Steel. Like, this kid has just got the wow. Bonafide kid, kid. He's probably 68 years old. I have no idea. Um, he's got the Bonafides as a, a person who knows how to tell a story in pictures. So, um, yeah, fantastic work there. Um, and, geez, what a cast. You've got... Yeah, T, uh, Thomas C. Howell as Professor Zoom, um, uh, Michael B. Jordan as uh, uh, Cyborg. There's a couple of people, um, Kevin McKidd as Batman, Thomas Wayne, um, Justin Chambers as The Flash. Who else we got here? Co- Kevin Conroy comes in as Batman in the other universe there. Sam Daly plays Superman, who he was the voice of Superman in the original TV series. Dana Delaney. Oh, Dana Delaney. She plays um, uh, uh, the voice of Andrea Beaumont in Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which is like my favorite uh, animated film of all time. Kerry Elways as Aquaman. Uh, Nathan Fillion as Hal Jordan. Just stacked cast. Everybody. The Ron Perlman. The Ron Perlman as Deathstroke. Fuck, what a baller movie. Um, so, what? yeah, what have you got in there? You've got the book there. Uh, yeah, so there's a whole plot with... Uh... Cyborg actually being uh, being like the leader of the resistance against the two big uh, armies sure. with uh, the Secret Seven coming in. Uh, none of that is in the film, but it, it's there in no, the book. I kind of replace it with um, yeah, people from the Wildstorm universe, like Grifter. Oh yeah, um, the Wildstorm yeah. universe. Because I just read about that the other day, and I found out that the authorities from there. Yeah, it was the the universe that kind of was adjacent to um, image that Jim Lee created, and it started with Wildcats, which was um, uh, like covert action teams or something like that in the nineties when he when he moved from Marvel, and and Grifter is a character from that. It's kind of like a, a Wolverine style thing. The Demon Etrigan's in there as well. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, yeah, so yeah, it does deviate from the book quite a lot. Um, but it has, uh, uh, you know, some interesting new elements brought into it. What I fucking dig though, and I, maybe this is off-putting. I remember talking to Hugo about it. He's like, they all look a bit shit, you know, these animated films. And this kind of started what would be the, the series of animated films, which only ended with Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, there's, into- a, there's a very sweet epilogue with, uh, uh, with the Constantine chart film 
where he goes into where he goes to speak with Spectre. It's a it's an epilogue about how this universe ended. Basically, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I, I watched it recently. It's like um, House of Mirrors or House yeah, of Mysteries. Yeah, House of Mysteries. Yeah. And it's a bunch of little vignettes and in different styles as well, which is really cool. Like the Blue Beetle one's baller. But yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Constantine as a character and it kind of ended there. And then they had uh, the first one out the gate after that was uh, Man of Tomorrow. Man of Tomorrow. That's So now that's the Tomorrowverse with the Supergirl film also coming out this week, uh, this year, sorry, not this week. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some interesting stuff going on there, and hey, you know, it's good to reinvent yourself. But it did it did have that kind of new fifty two vibe for that entire period, and it shared a a common house style or a common animation style. It there is some stuff in there. Everyone's very tall and very thin. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, like the first time you see Superman in the fla- in the Flash One Paradox film. His his body is huge and his head is just so fucking tiny. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And the same for um, uh, the Flash is is really you know really massive. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I mean everybody, Aquaman and Thomas Wayne is 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 drawn as being this huge hulking creature. Um, interesting, but it reminds me so much of a lot of that '90s anime that came out, like the stuff all that you know. Street Fighter stuff that they did oh, yeah. in the early 90s and shit, um, the mid-90s, um, or Ninja Scroll. or I mean, obviously, these films are animated, you know, more expertly, um, but, yeah, they kind of had that that vibe about them. And I was watching it this morning with my coffee and just going, ah, I feel like this is what I used to do when I was a teenager, but it was it was these animated, um, these anime movies. Um, it, was the, it was the giant Pex era. Big pecs, big guns, big tits, as um as uh, Kevin Smith would say, in in chasing Amy, um yeah that's that's kind of the vibe and 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 it it does what it does really well actually and I'll, I'll see if you agree here. Historically, it it's been difficult for them to depict super speed on screen. Would you agree? Oh oh definitely. There there's there's something in in the Flash film that's not established ever. So it doesn't really matter, but yeah, the the super speed is the the only the only good super speed scene is the is the quicksilver scene in Days of Future Past. Yeah, in and, the kitchen, and then in uh, and then the the coder of that in in Apocalypse where yeah. he goes through the house. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But that that is that is depicting super speed at at our speed. Or sorry, at the speed of the speed stuff. Yep. And and in places where that is done well, it's done very well. Um, but then it's also done poorly. I'm more talking about when you see someone moving at super speed. Oh um, yeah. I feel like yeah, it, it always looks a bit strange. It may be in animated form because there's a suspension of disbelief, you know, stretches further because it is they're all drawings. I feel like his movement, his fluidity, you know, the streaking nature of him moving, like um, that laugh, that final shot where um, he runs up the side of a building and you see the helicopter blade turning really slowly and he, he just drops his foot on the top of it and then goes off again onto the top of the next building. Like that, the way that that is depicted is really interesting as opposed to this strange sp- speed skater kind of vibe that, that Ezra Miller had in, in the Flash picture. Yeah, yeah. Um- there's there's not a lot of super speed in it in like the whole continuity of these 13 films which some of mm. those 13 films are not even in the continuity 
they're just yeah, that's true. they're just one offs. But yeah. uh yeah, you're right. Like this they started an era of uh, of animated films actually being taken seriously. Because mm. if I'm not wrong, this was the first one they did. And then it goes on to be uh Justice League Dark, which is where everyone meets and it's Batman and Batman and Green Lantern being the central characters. Yeah, it was Justice League War, um, I think was the Justice next League one. War. Not not, not Justice yeah. League Dark. But and which was based on the new fifty two Justice League, which was I think Jeff Johns again and, yep. and Jim Lee. Um and yeah, you you're absolutely right. It did it did it did start what would be the chart the course of what this would end up being. Um it's interesting because you adaptations are really difficult. I feel like DC does them quite well. They've done a lot of them, and I really, really want them to do um, uh, an adaptation of uh, what was it called? Oh damn it! I've lost my train of thought. Before that, they were kind of singular. They didn't have a continuity, and I think that was new to people. And it was also it was doing stuff that that the movies can't do like you can't shoot someone in the face in 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 the flash movie or in superman or whatever you know but you can fucking shoot someone in the face in in this animated film because all the gloves are off and i love that because that means the stakes are so high you never know who like aquaman gets his arm literally blown off the kid gets strangled to death you know there's um poor grifter gets just turned into a goddamn pin cushion with all these amazonian arrows it's yeah, I love high stakes. Yeah, and and Batman just fucking murders Reverse Flash and gives him a headshot. Yeah, just straight up, and you see through the bullet hole in through his brain to Thomas Wayne standing behind him, nursing a gut wound of his own. Um, also, that the opening, like the introduction of um, of the Batman in this this Flashpoint universe. Is, is so great. She, he's fighting Yo-Yo, who is this universe's version of Harley Quinn. And he's trying to find Martha, who's the Joker. You don't know that yep. yet. but And you also don't know that he's not Bruce. You, you don't? That. That, was, that was an insane thing for someone who yeah. doesn't know the comic? Well, I, I read the comic first. And, and they tease the shit out of it there, too. It's one of the cliffhangers of one of the issues. Um, so... Yeah, and then he like his introduction of fighting Yo-Yo and using, like she's using these sort of strange like hair whip things she's got and he's martial arts, but he's also got a pistol. He's like trying to shoot her. Um, to see a Batman of that like that, it was really interesting. And what else would it be? You know, of course he's going to be that. Um, he's going to be, and he's a tactician. He used to be a doctor. He knows how to kill you 700 different ways with his pinky finger in a way that Bruce didn't. Bruce had to be trained, you know. And I feel like he is just brute, one hundred percent brute force. Is is Thomas Wayne? Is he is he like your favorite character in the in the show? Because he's kind of mine. Uh, in the in the film or in the in the comic? Both, either. <laughs> yeah, it's just that that storyline. It is it's it's spectacular because of course that's how it happens, and of course this this family is doomed from day one. And like, I love that even in the film and and. And and the book we don't we don't see the letter. It, all we see, all the audience sees is, is love always Thomas Wayne. Or love always your your father Thomas Wayne. Your father, yeah. It's at, at the end of of the of the picture, everyone, and out of the comic, um, the the Flash returns from that universe to find 
what he thinks is the the universe he left, but it's actually been changed, uh, you know, quite remarkably. Um, the the uh, the Thomas Wayne character um, in, in the unit Flashpoint universe gave him a note to give to Bruce, um, and that note, yeah, we don't we don't get to see what that is, but it makes it makes Bruce Wayne cry, and he says, "You're a hell of a messenger." Like, what a fucking. I'm talking about emotion here. It's a fucking... There are a bunch of drawings being flipped together in a row really quick. And I feel more there than I felt for any, you know, physical being on the screen in, in, in the actual movie movie. I, I often get into this debate where, where, pe- where people say that, that, that this story is, is, a, is a Batman-centered story. And they're not really that far off but this this is a this is a Barry Allen story because mm. he is the one who reveals himself in this world and then has to get out of it and then like he's the like when he's in the universe the the fracturing of his brain where where his past or his memories are being are fighting the ones of of this version's Barry the one that has no powers it is is insane. They try to do that in the film, and it all just looks really fucking wanky. <laughs> it does look very wanky. Yeah, it, there is a, a sort of a thing. I guess it's a kind of an affliction that the Flash has in in the Flashpoint universe, where his his memories are being overridden um, by that the reality that he's in, and he's starting to be able to remember his life with his mum and that's one of the another really great emotional beat at the end is where he explains that to Bruce and he's like I've got it both I remember everything from there and everything from here and he goes that's a gift Um, that's a universe you can now think about all the memories that you now have with your mum that that you never never really did yeah and how how is that going to make you a better hero you know how, how much better do you understand yourself and and you can put that down like barry's entire arc as a character is that he's never standing still he's always moving forwards because if he's always moving forwards he's always running away from something um as opposed to running towards something you know which is something they did beautifully in in um you know the the uh zack snyder's justice league where he's running back in time to, to, you know, stop the, the mother boxes exploding. Yeah. Um, and that's about him letting go of his dad uh, and, and, and saving his dad and running towards the future, which is something he's never doing. That's some real shit. Like, if you're a person on planet Earth, you can understand running away from your problems and, and then hopefully finding solutions ahead of you. Yeah. And in that film... It's it's a Justice League film, but in that film, Barry gets to be the hero of the story because he knows what happened and he still saved all of them. And like yeah, like in in that in that nightmarish uh, sequence, uh, Cyborg like Victor Stone sees the future of what these mother boxes will bring, and uh, you know by that time it's too late and he, and. Superman's back alive, but Barry doesn't know that. He just does what, what he, what, what, uh, what Batman told him to do, and he brings all of them back, not knowing what that would cause. That's why it's important for him in the future to go back and tell Bruce Wayne that it was Lois who was the key, and mm. and that's a whole different fucking universe that doesn't even exist now. <laughs> yeah, but it's also that, that that's a movie that is. Um, 
you know, for for all of its faults and it's it's there's some, a lot of bloat on that movie. At least it knows what it's doing. Um, yeah, in a, in a way that the Flashpoint paradox does as well. Like it is it is totally um, unapologetic for the changes that it makes to the original source material. Um, it's quite happy you know bending the genre a little bit and 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 you know making it a, a much more adult take i think that's the dc animated universe folks were like oh okay we know who our audience is this isn't kids on saturday morning they've got young justice or whatever it is let's target this at the people who have read these books um yeah i think it's 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 only a matter of time before um they kind of the animated stuff's going to have to take a step up, I feel, because it always was kind of... Yeah. Those, oh, yes, director video. Like, why can't these be in the cinema? I, I would have fucking loved to see Justice League Apocalypse War in theaters. Could you imagine? Do the double bill. You do the double bill, mate. You do yeah. You do Justice League Dark and Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. That's a good day. Oh, God. Justice League Dark is just fucking amazing because he sees the tenants. The tenants all is fucking great. Yeah, and and you know Doctor Fate and fucking uh, yeah the Demon Etrigan that that version like I love me a version of the universe that's different you know I like I like seeing these characters play with a different timeline pa- Flashpoint Paradox Superman ain't even really in it he's he's like tangential to say the least he's he's a sideline character and he turns up at the end to whoop some ass but not to save everybody yeah and like. Like I, I, I don't think that this film had had it on its shoulder that it has to build the universe, but it did it anyway, and it did it perfectly. I think in like because I I don't know if you've seen like the last one where where like it's it's all just shit and like the entire Justice League is killed in like one frame. Uh, Which one's this? This I think this is. I think this one is Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. This is the last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, the entire like opening cold open of the co- the opening cold open. That's a stupid thing to say. That's like saying I open opened the fridge. Um, the and the fridges are cold as well. The cold open of that film. The, the entire fucking did you did you knock before on the fridge? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. The salad might be dressing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking two hander, mate. That's that's why we're the best podcasters in town um <laughs> you really did like serve that that was that was beautiful that was beautiful that's the end of the show like that's not going to get better than that <laughs> the salad might be dressing. <laughs> oh my lord what the fuck were we talking about dc dc yeah that's right yeah all the most of the justice league get murked in the cold open and Batman becomes a slave and, and, and Superman gets branded with kryptonite so he doesn't have any powers anymore. And Constantine saves the day. John fucking Constantine. Yeah. And at the end of the film, Barry does what he did in this film, which is he go, he goes back and he stops himself from running. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a beautiful circle. That's I'm sure that at some point they'll do it, but there should definitely be a box set of all of these. Or maybe they've already done it. I don't know. I would love that. And like Constantine, as far as the continuity of, the, of this universe uh, of the films go, Constantine is the only one that survived that and has some sort of memory of that happening. And that that child he has with Spectre, and and he sees this world that has now been created, and seeing that what what Barry did was important, what he did 
even though he doesn't take credit for it, it was the most important thing because not only did he, not only did he give hope, but he also showed that there is a world that we can create without without us being in it, and it can still be amazing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good, uh, uh, like, in terms of messages, it's pretty strong. Yeah, and these are fucking drawings. Mm-hmm, they are lots of lots of drawings, all put together. And they flip them. I mean, I know that's probably not how they do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a hundred years back. No it's a bit more sophisticated. Yeah. It's not like people still like turn the crank on a camera to make the film go through it. Like in fucking Babylon, which still rules. Um, <laughs> just wanted to bring it up again. Babylon's awesome. I, I remember what it was. Remember before I was trying to think of what was that? Yeah. What was the book that I think that they should make an animated series out of? The fucking deceased uh, Oh my series. God. Yes. It is fat man it is p-h-a-t fat tom taylor wrote the series and it like started out as just like a one-off kind of thing i, th- I think they're even shorts uh i know the, the unkillables which is the second graphic novel was definitely shorts but yeah the the the, the anti-life equation gets um uh, uh, turned into like a techno virus and turns everybody into rip off their own face zombies and the whole world gets infected including superman including batman and, and it ends up being damien and john who have to take over the justice league and the fight and the thing and there's a rich it is epic man it is like four books or five books most recently um, finished with um, War of the Undead Gods, uh, where, where um, uh, uh, Darkseid comes back and, you know, all the all the new gods. Do a, D- do a DC s- series about that and make it fucking gory as fuck and just get it, get it happening. Make that be the end of this, or like the end of the first couple of chapters of DC. Have Clark Kent sacrifice himself and be, and let John Kent be the Superman. We've talked about this before. Like it is, I know we're a little off track flashpoint here, but it's all DC, so it's all love. Moving on from these characters in cinematic form is probably not a bad idea. Jonathan Kent is is the Superman for now. Um, he is a, uh, a you know a member of the LGBTQIA community. Um, he throughout the entire series of the Son of Kal El, he barely throws a punch. Um, he is solving problems with compassion and and with his mind um, and and he is uh, the, you know the current series he's he's stuck in the injustice world where Lois has been killed and Superman's taking everything over and Batman's a fugitive and whatnot and he refuses to kill Superman he's like no there is a way to stop him and I don't feel like his he is completely wrong in the way that he feels either. Like he is understanding he he is the and and Damien's the same. In the deceased universe, he's lost his father. He's lost his father figure and his brother in Dick. Um, uh, uh, you know, all he has left is, is and he's lost his little brothers as well. Like you know, um, uh, uh, not, not Jason. Well, Jason Todd is involved, but um, Tim Drake is dead. Alfred is the only one he's got left. Alfred becomes the Spectre as well. Fuck it rules. Um, and Damien all of a sudden, you know, starts to grow up and understand through everything he's been through, you know, with with Talia and, and, and his training and then being with his father and then being with Dick and like all the stuff. That, and he all of a sudden assimilates all of it and becomes this really intelligent, genuinely emotional, um, available, articulate young man um, and the best Batman. He becomes the best version of Batman because he has 
all of the training and, and you know, twice the smarts and all of the compassion that he gets, he learns from John and he learns from Dick mostly. Um, and I think that, you know, in, in the end, he ends up wearing a white costume because he's like, this is, you know what I mean? Like there's this, there's a lot of fertile ground there that I think could be mined to make these stories more engaging and more interesting again, because it's not where it's at. Yeah. And you talked about being off point. I don't think we're off point. I think that this episode just shows how much that we love DC and the fact that we talked about Flashpoint Paradox and the things that spew out of it and talked about the universe that it created just goes to show that this is an amazing fucking book and an amazing fucking story and it, it deserves to be done right. And mm. people deserve to to, to see this, this go on and... I really hope that I really hope that James Gunn meant what he said that DCAU or DCAMU, which is which is the continuity that Flashpoint Paradox started, is going to be the inspiration for DCU. I I can't take any of what he says seriously because he said that the Flash is the best superhero film ever made. <laughs> so I'm it's a sorry. Bit damning, isn't it? Yeah, but also he hasn't proved himself yet. I mean, he's proved himself as a tactician and, and as a director and someone who can handle the genre in, in in the work that he's done previously for DC and and for Marvel definitely. But he hasn't proved anything about what he's doing. Like he's casts some interesting people, but that doesn't mean anything yet. The only interesting casting he's done is that he's casted the guy who looks exactly like Henry Cavill, but is just ten years younger. <laughs> I am not kidding. That's, that is that is that's exactly. such a flex, man. I, 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 that is that is. I'm a really big Henry Cavill fan. Flex, and I appreciate that from you. Like that's like. <laughs> Thank you. Like you, I know what I'm about. You know, um, yeah. I I felt great going back to this. As I said, I I I've put the genre away, and I was kind of on the ropes. I mean, anybody who listens to this show knows that I've been on the ropes for this stuff for quite some time, um, and and feeling like it wasn't it wasn't making me feel anything anymore i wasn't feeling anything and that's that's the, the most critical thing about any art form how does it make you feel not what does it do for your fucking your stock prices or or you know do, do, do you think it looked pretty like it needs to be more than that or at least it does for me i need need things to have substance and i went back to this animated film and i felt great i was like ah oh, this is awesome i was reading um uh, uh, new adventures of superman this morning with, with john kent cup of coffee lovely like i can still find what i need in this genre and i still really do love dc i think they're they you know their characters are uh, more interesting and 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 um, more eclectic uh, than any other you know group of characters created in in comic book history and and there's just there's so much fantastic stuff that can be mined from this um and 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 flashpoint paradox is a beautiful example of that yeah and i i felt the same way i, I went back last night and i I really wanted to go through each and every film because we were in lockdown and I, I rediscovered this one because I, mm. I knew of this film. I knew I had read the comic once after watching the film, but I watched it and then I was like, oh shit, they, they build a universe off of this. And then I watched mm. every single one in like three days. That's 13 movies each. I'm not doing the maths. <laughs> Is that an hour and twenty each, or an hour and hour and ten, or an hour and change? Like they're not they're not long pictures, but you know that's a, that's a bit of a sit. Um, but yeah, but I that's mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah, these these movies are great, and you said that like children have uh, like do we, we can uh, they were they were going as and we can make the this room dark because uh, 
you know, the lighter version of it is Young Justice. I think Young Justice le- uh, leans a lot into Saturday morning cartoons, but has a lot of uh, strong themes. Like we have Connor Kent for like the first three seasons. He's just trying to figure out why he even exists and who he wants to be. And do you have do you have Megan who who's the nephew of of John Jones? Uh, our Ma- Martian Manhunter, who and they have a relationship where he he shows her that people can be uh, he shows her that that people can appreciate each other for who they are inside, and he gets her to to not be in a human form all the time. Like when she's with him, she she is in her form, which is the green skin, and she she teaches him how to to accept the fact that he's here and that. And that he's a part of Dick's team and they, they go on, they save the universe. And it's a shame that they cancel it. And I haven't watched the last season because it was just heartbreaking to me that this the, these characters won't go on. But they have love on it. They have fucking it's it's in the same vein as these as these films with this like the same kind of art style and everything. But there are a lot of character arcs that are just amazing. Like like when Superman turns, you can see why he fucking turns. And when Batman walks out, you'd know why he walked out. And and I hope, I really hope that if there's like a 5% chance that any of this can be an inspiration to DCU, I really hope that, that that's true. Because these, these characters, us fans, we all deserve better. And we fucking deserve better than what this movie was. Yeah. I get that, and look, you know, there there is still the adage of we don't these, these things don't belong to us, and we we rent them for the price of a movie ticket, and you kind of get what you're given. But it's okay to have attachment um, and feel like you know you, you want your storytelling to be to be better to match the kind of things that that you want it to be, especially when they're dealing with characters that that mean something to you. So check out the Flashpoint Paradox, everybody. Um, check out the Flash too if you want to. You know, don't let us sway you go and go and see it and see if we're wrong and if we're wrong i'm happy to be wrong that's that's not a problem at all um and also go and check out the rest of this series of animated films because you'll be your life will be better for it um do you want to uh, we've got some questions but they're the flash questions aren't they they are they're the flash questions <laughs> yes we have because we were originally going to do an episode on the flash and then i messaged Addy and was like look let's just do a little bit on the flash and then something on you know the flashpoint paradox because we both love that and i i, I don't I don't like being a critic and I heard myself back and there's some pure honesty for you here folks. I heard myself back on, on the podcast, assemble podcast, um, talking about the Indiana Jones film, which I talked glowingly about, but, but previous, I was making a lot of flash jokes and I didn't like myself in that, that version. Um, I didn't like that version of myself and that's not, not a knock on the podcast. Podcast assemble is a, is a great podcast and Tommy and DL are awesome dudes. And I, I really appreciate them in their time. I just felt like I was misrepresenting how I want to talk about art. So I was, grateful to have the opportunity to talk about it a little bit more articulately here and not just make fun of it so please go and check that out but yeah we did advertise that we were going to do a show about the flash and so all of our questions were about the flash so we're going to answer them as as jollily as possible right after johnny's theme song All right, so what's question flash number one? 
Uh, question one comes from uh, my dear friend and uh, friend of the show, Leanne. What's up? Uh, she asks, were there any elements of the Flash that you liked? Oh, that's a, that's a really, really good good question to ask. Why don't you go ahead and answer that? Yes, Supergirl, because she exists in that film. Great. Um, Michael Keaton being in a movie is good for me. I like Michael Keaton. I think he's a very good actor. Um, that was cool. The, okay, the Batman sequence where he jumps down and takes out all those homies in in the where they're going to um, rescue Supergirl, which they think is going to be Superman, and he comes down and he's like, "Oh, this is going to hurt," and he and he doesn't mean them; he means him because he's sixty eight years old or whatever it is. When he does a flip down there and takes out all those guys with the, the old school batarang, that was pretty cool. Like I was like, "All right, that that looks pretty funky." Are you happy that Michael Keaton reprised his role, or would you have rather have him just just stay in the nineties? Do you want me to do this one because you, you you don't really have a dog in the race? Um, yeah, I mean the original Batman that Michael Keaton was in was eighty nine, and the sequel to it was ninety two. And yes, I I would have preferred they they'd left that character. What would have been more interesting is what they did in the Flashpoint was to have um, Thomas Wayne. Um, because it speaks to the alternate reality idea of that more. Um, and it's more interesting. Like I said, it's more interesting story. Um, but they wanted to do the Michael Keaton thing because it's, it's that multiverse stuff that everybody's frothing for at the moment or not, apparently $200 million. Um, yeah. So I think, and, and get Jeffrey and Dean Morgan to fucking play him. Yeah. That would have been the exact, the exact thing that the Flashpoint did because Jeffrey Dean Morgan was Thomas Moon for uh benefics me. yeah that's right yeah it would have would have worked perfectly um and it would have made a lot more sense than 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 what they did uh it was, again story sense i'm talking about story always story it makes sense to sell tickets and to have cool stuff happen but it doesn't necessarily make sense for the story that you're telling yep next is who's better dark flash uh or cw savitar I don't know what CW Savitar is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know either. I think that might be maybe that's a bad guy in or, or a bad person, um, a villain in the Flash TV series. But I've only seen the first first season of that, and I think it was Zoom was the was the bad guy in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we can't field that one, everybody. What What do you think? Who Who is it? Is it Is it um, uh, Is it Salata with cheese, or is it uh, the Dark Flash or whatever it is? Salata is a, a type of savory biscuit everyone that was the joke there hope you enjoyed it um all right so what if it was a dark flash or the reverse flash who would you choose then uh reverse flash every time yeah uh, i think that that's a really interesting character because he's, he hates the flash he hates the flash so fervently and yet he dresses in his costume he dresses in his colors he just reverse like just flips them he wants to have the power but it's weird. It's like a serial killer hating women, but hating them because he doesn't hate them. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a really interesting psychopathy. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. He hates him because he can't ever be him. Yeah. And even even though he has all the tools that he needs in order to be able to do what Flash does, what Barry Allen does, he could never be Barry. You know, Barry is pure. Well, at least one, one version of Barry is pure. Not all versions are. Not all versions of Barry is pure. Uh, what non-Justice League character or stories would you like to see adapted into video games? 
video games. Well, I mean, we kind of we were just talking about doing deceased as a fucking. Uh, dude, that was so Australian of me. I'm tired, so my Australian accent comes out. That was a fucking. Oh, mate, talk about DC. Fucking beautiful, mate. Fucking awesome. Fucking. Oh, mate, I'll tell you, video game, fucking deceased. Be amazing, mate. Be so good. We'd run around, be like Last of Us, but we like fucking Superman shit. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, I, I do honestly think that. I think deceased, it'd be, it'd be like Resident Evil, except. Instead of being whoever the characters are in Resident Evil, you're Batman and stuff. What do you reckon? I feel like the Flashpoint itself could be an amazing video game where you have different endings for what happens in your story. Yeah, yeah, that's that, absolutely. Yeah, depending on the decisions that you make, sort of make it kind of like, um, you know, one of those old school, you know, thought games like it's not all about running around no i don't know if there's ever been a flash video game let us know if you you know of one but i mean just a flash video game would be pretty cool yeah i know that there was you know what would be fucking really good a green lantern video game where you're where you do it's like a reverse grand theft auto so it's all open world there's lots of different stuff you can do but you're you know in grand theft auto you're the criminal or whatever you can choose to be a criminal but you can't play the police well green lantern are they're the galactic police. Yeah. So it's open world, but it's open like universe. You can go anywhere in all the different worlds and go and do stuff on there and you get shifts and you got to go and work. I think that'd be cool. Like a procedural video game, but with Green Lantern. Um, if Michael Giacchino adapted any song, uh, any song, like something in the way from the Batman for the Batman 2, what would it be? Ooh, that's interesting. So let's think we're going from kind of 90s. Kind of 90s. Uh-huh. Like, because something in the way, you know, a song that came out, Nirvana song came out in the 90s, right? So let's say we're doing another film from that, another song from that kind of era. Um, Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Or if they bring in, um, to, you know, if, if they bring back, Selena Kyle, Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos. See, I'm not going to say anything because uh, I, I have no idea what the songs are. Oh, okay. That's all right. Well, you, what about you? Was it like, what if he did a version of like a, 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 a I don't know if it's Billy Elliot then, a Billy Eilish song or something? Billy Eilish? Is it Billy Eilish? Is that <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is. It is Billy, Billy Eilish. Elliot's the little, the little dancing chappy. Yeah. Uh, for like a whole film? I don't, I don't know if any songs I know could go for like a Batman film. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, something in the way works, but you could adapt. You know, they do it all the time. Trailers have them all the time. They've got an old school song that gets brought forward, you know. They just did what they used a fucking um, a, a Rolling Stone song for the most recent Indiana Jones picture and then mixed it in with the score. To have a film where Batman dies and... Dick becomes Batman for a certain amount of time, and you can have Seventeen play by Sharon Van Etten. Okay. Yeah, and it's a it's a song that talks about uh, good times that have passed and going back to places where you used to be a different person, and now you're not. Perfect. Perfect yeah. coming of age Dick Grayson becoming Batman song. So you you can have Dick Grayson be Batman and and they got on the top just looking down to. Awesome and and just glazing towards the streets where 
where Robin and Batman used to fight, but it's it's different now because because Bruce isn't there anymore, and now he somehow has to you know be Batman and also somehow father Damien as well. Yeah, that's the, that's a, the big part of that story is him him you know taking over that role. Yeah, amazing. Any any more questions? Yeah, we we have like eighteen questions. Oh my goodness! I don't know if we've got time to do all of them. Then maybe pick a few like the last ones. This is your choose your adventure kind of thing. How would you mm-hmm. end? How would you end the Flash film? The okay. Well, it's interesting because there's a bunch of different endings, really. Like in in that, you know, he gets he goes back into the Speed Force, and you've got that weird kind of time circle thing with all the people different changing and the breaking of the multiverse and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think I would probably end it with um, kind of the way that this ends of, of you know him going back um, to to his reality and realizing that you know something's different outside of George Clooney being Batman. You know, like he goes back and the Justice League are a different cast, and that's you know all that's kind of changed. I think I would have the move be bigger, but I think at, at that point it's, it's you kind of you're not doing anything because you know the Flash isn't going to be connected to this James Gunn stuff so but yeah as a storytelling device I would have him go back and you know kind of be um as opposed to that episode of the Simpsons where you know Homer keeps fucking up the timeline and then he goes back and and they've all got lizard tongues and he's like ah close enough you know that's kind of what it feels like that's not a joke for me either. that's a joke from um Andrew Dupin from the We Hate Movies podcast but he's right like that's that's kind of what it is it needs to have more weight um so anything to have more more so dramatic weight at the end Oh yeah, what would you do? Have Superman turn up? I would love to, but no, that that ship has sailed, my friend. Yep, that ship has sailed. That ship has sailed. That 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 person doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> no, no, unless you're watching The Witcher. Um, let's do two more. Sorry if we didn't get to your question, everyone. Just eighteen is a, is a lot. We don't want our episodes to run into the three hour mark, which is liable to happen if we answer everyone's questions. But thank you so much for engaging. Please continue to do so. My my ending for the Flash would actually be the Flash running in the Speed Force, and he and he comes across the Flash from the TV show, from from the late the the early nineties TV shows. Yeah, as John well. Mostly ship. And uh, you have you have Wally West coming uh, from uh, from Young Justice, and let him just be animated. And have yep. and have them have just a conversation about what happened, and mm. you know have this sort of thing where we we've all been there, all all of us have had this 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 mistake made for us, and and by the end of this conversation, like all of them are just fading by as he runs forward, and as he runs forward, he goes and he goes and stumbles upon into another Barry, and that's the Barry we meet in the DCU. Yeah, that's that's. Beautiful. Your your way. We do it your way. Very uh, across the spider verse of you. You know where it's kind of like the canon event thing. I think this movie's a canon event. I think the fact that the Flash hasn't done well is a canon event, and I I think that that is is it only could have ever happened this way, and it's so that we can all move forward, um, and and get on with our fucking lives. It, it really fucking scares me because this in every in on page this should fucking work. Hmm. Right? It has all the elements. It has all the fucking multiversal shit that, that, that should work. And the fact that mm. we're just two movies in with the multiverse concept and only the Spider-Wars films have done it well, 
shows you something, doesn't it? Yeah, we're, that's we've charted the course. I think you actually said the best thing to me was that um, the the Flash movie. It was like it was a it was the third in a series of Flash movies. We didn't see the other two, and, and I think that encapsulates how quickly they want to get all these all this stuff out. It's like yeah, let's just. It's not enough to like. Christopher Nolan was talking about it when he made the Batman films. They never thought about doing sequels until they signed the contracts to say, yeah, we're going to do a sequel. And he said it, it, it allowed them to be fresh each time, you know, to go in with ideas and learn lessons and look at the story as what it was instead of just just tell the story you want to tell now as opposed to let's set up 700 other things that, you know, may or may not take place. Flash rant. All right. <laughs> number, number, second to last. Second to last, 10 years from now, DC has more money again. What alternate story would you like, would you want to see? I have a, have a really, really fucking ambitious pitch for this. We, we do uh, a mixture of, we do a mixture of uh, Flashpoint and Crisis with a little bit of Kingdom Come thrown in. Yeah, well, I think it sounds like Kingdom Come might be where they, where they kind of want to get in the end. Um, how would you mix those together, though? Yeah, have well, you you've seen the start of my uh, my Dark Justice League film, haven't you? Yeah, I have. It, what are you laughing at? It was a good script. Yeah, Addy so, sent me some script pages for a screenplay he was working on. It was very good. Yeah, so have have so have the cover page was just Henry Cavill nude, and I thought that was. <laughs> I thought that was just for me, but apparently you sent it out like that. I can't imagine why DC isn't calling you back, or Henry Cavill for that matter. How's that restraining order going? Anyway, it's not true. It's not you know, true I would everyone. do anything to get the restraining order if it, if it means that it comes from Henry Cavill. Anything. <laughs> anything to validate my fucking crush. Anything. <laughs> Even if it's negative, great. Um, yeah, right on. Uh, yeah. I, I like that idea. Have, have Barry be the only one who survived a, a dark Superman? Have him run to yep. to 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 different universe. Uh, hopefully, the universe can be the CW universe where he meets up with Supergirl. You know, their Superman, their Flash, have a good meet cute, and then have him travel to to a universe where where you you get another Superman, and you're like, okay, we have two Superman, one Supergirl. We have the Green Arrow. We have two flash we have everything that we need and then we go to then we go to a universe where superman's gone dark and we go back to when he's not dark and it's a superman just thrown out into space and he's he's screaming because he's just lost lois and you see just two superman just just coming towards him and having having a conversation about loss and grief and moving forward and being a symbol of hope and why hope is the most important thing yeah. Is anybody listening? <laughs> Is anybody listening in DC? James Gunn, can you hear us? I don't have a James Gunn impersonation um, or a DC one. Maybe I did in the past. If I've done a DC one, I'm not sure. Um, don't have an HBO Max voice either. I just did my own voice, but really dialed up the Aussie before. So enjoy that. Yeah, I, I would I would buy and sell all that. I'm not even going to try and attempt a, a, a better storyline than that. So let's just do our last question and people can go and marinate on that shit. Yeah, fuck it. Maybe I'll just fucking write that. And then that will be it. Look, man, if you if you're a, a writer in particular, there's nothing better than just sitting down and writing something. It doesn't matter where it goes. Like it's like an artist. You don't it's you don't always get to the painting. 
you know, you do a lot of sketching and a lot of, you know, you study uh, uh, anatomy and you study shadow and shapes and light and all that kind of stuff. You don't just every time knock it out of the park and do a fucking Rembrandt. Like, you have to hone your craft. So, I write screenplays and scripts and stories and scenes and shit that will never see the light of day because it makes you a better writer. So, do it, man. Do it for yourself. Then it's a movie. Like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, fuck, man, I really want to see another Indiana Jones film. But, like in the middle somewhere, you know, like where he's, he's not 81. He's, you know, some more stuff of him as a spy or alternatively, how about instead of Indiana Jones, you do, um, uh, uh, Helena Shaw in the, whatever it is, the film opens up and she's at Indy's funeral and, and Sala's there and he goes up to her and he says, Indy would have liked you to have this. And he passes, that was my John Reese davies by the way. Um, and he gives her the hat and the bullwhip and bang, adventures. And Tommy from the Podcast Assemble sent me a thing the other day. Someone put up a post saying, can I please have a sequel to Indiana Jones 5 where Helena and Short Round go on a fucking adventure. And then you've got um, uh, Kihei Kwan uh, in the film. I, I would sit down and write that movie just so I could see it in my fucking head, man. So you you do your Justice League movie and you enjoy that shit. There's a there's a um, there's a question here. <laughs> Sorry, it's aggressive. There's a question here that I did not see that says that James Gunn needs a trailer song for a Nightwing film. What would it be? <laughs> I mean, I just answered that. Uh, okay, I got one for you. Um, it is, and I I challenge all of you to go and listen to this song right now. It is a song called Euclid by Sleep Token, and it is the film that is the song that closes their most recent album, and it has callbacks to their first and second albums. So it's like it's a closing of a loop. That's Nightwing's story. Nightwing's story is is all about the closing of a loop, um, and and it's such a powerful powerful song. So yeah, that would be mine. Go and check it out. But go and check out Sleep Token. They fucking rule. What would yours be? I just I just did mine seventeen. With seventeen again? Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's good. It's good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do let's do one more one more one. All right. DC attempts to learn from the MCU and to have a big bad. What big bad would you want the DCU to face, which is not Darkseid? Pariah. Oh my god. Right. Pariah, for those who don't know, first appeared in um, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and he is the one who is trying to destroy the multiverse. And he's a great character. And you, unfortunately, the person who I would have liked to pay him, David Warner, has passed on. Um, but I, he, I hear his voice because he, he recently returned in the, um, the Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is a recent DC sort of rebooting. Um, yeah, great character. A lot of pathos, kind of like a puppet at first, but then you realize he's, he's the one holding all the, all the cards, all the strings, rather, for, to, to, to go with the puppet metaphor. Um, yeah, that'd be my push. I almost said I almost said a dark Superman, but that was just the side of So let's not do that again. Yeah, I mean, there's a version of Bizarro you could do that might be might be interesting, but they're doing that quite successfully in um, Superman and Lois, aren't they? Oh my god! Oh my god! I had to talk about it. Oh my god, dude! Superman and Lois season three was so good. It's it's yeah. it's it is amazing how amazingly they pulled off the storyline. Oh my god! I can't I can't because I know people haven't watched it yet, and it's watch right. it well let's 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 do it next week and we'll, we'll then we can be like hey everyone if you want to not hear about that catch up um but yeah that's i saw a thing today that said that's the highest rated wb show that they've had cw show cw show yeah 
yeah, because it is consistent in its uh, in its writing, in its cinematography. The people behind the camera seem to care a lot about these characters. They seem to understand Superman, and mm. I I love Henry Cavill. I know I know that you love um, Christopher Reeves. To me, this this Superman, this adaptation of Superman, this version of Superman is the best Superman that we've gotten. Yeah, I I must say that I've heard that from like almost anybody who is a big fan of the show. Leanne also mentioned it when it first started. Um, was like, yeah, this is this is the Superman for now. Um, I hope it hope it reaches a a bigger audience. So there you go, folks. That's it. That's our our flash chat getting flashed. Uh, talking about Flashpoint Paradox and quite a little bit more of the Flash movie than I originally thought. But thank you for listening. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Uh, I just want to say to Addy as well and to everybody else out there, I apologize if I was working, uh, if I was, I'm doing it already. I'm doing it and I can't talk. I apologize if I was going a thousand miles a minute, but I, it, I was really happy to be back. It's been a while since we recorded and I was so excited to just chat with Addy and, 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 and chat with you all. Um, you know, we love doing this. Um, it's, it's, we do it. Yes. Because people listen, we're we're so grateful to have our audience and, and, and continue that, but we do it because we love each other and we're good friends. And that's the juice here. Like there is, I'm, I'm actually in a way, it's good that I'm saying this is a preamble to me also saying I'm no longer going to do the pitch. I'm not going to say, hey, like, subscribe, follow us on this, and and we're here and here. If you know we're here, you found us, and and that's amazing, and we're a lot of other places too. A Google search will do that work for you. I don't want to sell anymore. This isn't a product. It's a it's a place of peace where you come for some respite from the crazy world and, and have a laugh with us. So you're beautiful. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Addy? I love you, man. I love you too, buddy. It's beautiful. What are we doing next week? Uh, let's, let's do Spider-Wars because it... That's let's go off on a good note with superheroes. I think that's that's true. Yeah, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna sh- shift gears a little bit, which is totally cool. You know, we're excited to try some new stuff and talk about some new things. Um, but yeah, we we do need to talk about Spider Verse because it is it is an exceptional picture. Uh, but for right now, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next week, and remember, stay amazing, stay safe, and love yourself. Oh, yeah.